Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, February 17th, 2021. It has been 124 days since Tony nominations were announced. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, we have had to have a little bit of a change in our This Week on Broadway uh, schedule. Unfortunately, America's most produced living playwright, Lauren Gunderson, has had to reschedule her appearance on the show, so she will not be there this Sunday. James is uh, feverishly efforting to find someone else to join uh, the broadcast. So I just wanted to let all of those Gunderholics out there know um, that her date will be postponed. And we will let you know when that'll be rescheduled for and whatever theatrical luminary James is able to find to fill her unenviably large shoes uh, on the show on Sunday. So once we have details about all of that, we will let you know. But whomever joins James at all on this week on Broadway on Sunday, you'll be able to listen to it, record live, and to submit your own questions for the guest at patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. All right, Ashley, we are getting into the news today by discussing something that is not actually theater related, mm. but it has, it has, it kind of like it, it is a step towards something theatrical because we found out, uh, last week that New York Governor Andrew Cuomo was go- going to begin to open more things in New York State. We've recently found out as of yesterday that that includes sporting arenas in New York City and state. That means that New York City's Madison Square Garden will be allowed to have fans in very small quantities uh, start to attend New York Knicks games and New York Rangers games. So that means that at Madison Square Garden, beginning on February 23rd, there will be a percentage of fans that will be allowed to attend the world's most famous arena for both New York Knicks games and New York Ranger games. The limit will be 10% of capacity. That means at Madison Square Garden, you can have about 2,000 fans in attendance. Over in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center, where the, uh, uh, the, the Brooklyn Nets play, you can have about 1,900 people. 1,900 people in a huge cavernous arena, not exactly equitable to what a Broadway theater will be, where sure. their 10% is Broadway's 100%, if not even more so. But it is a continuation of Cuomo's pilot programs like he had when he allowed about 6,700 fans to attend a Buffalo Bills game. Uh, I, I don't know if it was a regular season. I, might have, I think it was a playoff game. Um, the It's not theater, Ashley, but I think the fact that we are getting fans in enclosed spaces is a step in the right direction. It means that things yeah. are moving forward. I, again, this is not the same as as theater because as we've talked about before, Sports don't need ticket sales to stay afloat. Yeah, they have, because they, they're, they've been funded forever over the arts. Yeah, so. right. Well, not only that, but TV generates mm-hmm. most of the revenue for yeah, for sports. Of course. The, the tickets are obviously important, and obviously they've had to make cuts because they aren't you know don't have concessions and parking and all that stuff mm-hmm. as well as ticket sales. But theater does not have the same economic viability. So yeah. while this is great to see from a health and safety standpoint, it is a far cry from getting people back in a theater. But I think it is important as like one of the first steps to potentially getting people inside New York theaters 
hopefully sometime this year or within the <sighs> next next 365 days, which I'm still not 100% sure about. Mm, yeah, it's, uh, it's a toss-up right now, but this is very promising. Didn't last year, wasn't there a performance? Didn't something perform at Madison Square Garden, like yeah, a one-night-only uh, show? Yeah, it was. Uh, Kill Mockingbird did something for <laughs> right, New York City right. public school students, yes. So I think that could also be you know a potential thing that could happen. Obviously, they're going to they're going to have to work around you know, sports schedules right now. Um, but that's always a possibility, and also like kind of a pilot thing too. Obviously, we can't be back in theaters right now as much as everyone wants to be. You know, even capping things at ten twenty five percent capacity is like nobody. It's not yeah. enough to pay the rent. It's not enough to pay the actors. It's not enough for anything. It's not economically viable. But that could be something that we could see. And hopefully something that we would see, you know, one night events, special events, some kind of thing that's like... <laughs> uh, I, my my head went to having the toadies there, but that's not a real thing. Um, <laughs> well, but that but that's but, interesting because like I wonder if you know I think a lot of things would it would might be cost prohibitive to do it at Madison Square Garden. But yeah. what about doing things maybe like a rotational thing at Radio City? I was absolutely thinking about Radio City because Radio City is I believe four thousand seats, so that's still. A good amount of people. If, if, is it really just 4,000 seats? I thought it was more than that. But um, either way, if it is, that's only 400 people. That's not a lot. But, um, you know, it, it's something. And again, like, we've sat here now for what has effectively been it's just under or just over 11 months yeah. without much actual substantive progress. And the fact that we are actually seeing people allowed to go indoors to pay money to watch something, even though it is not theater, even though it is the sports balls, like this is it's like the, it yeah. is the bottom rung it's on big. the ladder, but it is actually on the ladder. I was incorrect. Radio City has six thousand seats. Yeah, still not. Which is still you know, it's still not still not a lot. But I mean, you think of the size of some houses. I, that's still more than Helen Hayes, for instance. Yeah, I mean, your ten percent would be more than the Helen Hayes. But yeah. then also, maybe by the time they're able to do something like that, maybe it's up to twenty or twenty-five or thirty or exactly. 50. We still have time. We still have time, and the fact that nothing is on the schedule means that that's probably. At least four months away. So, I mean, we're talking about, um, I, I guess, countrywide, but especially in New York City, we've gone into like a new phase for vaccines. So, yeah. I would say the majority of the city is eligible for vaccinations right now. Whether they oh, can great. get it or not is a whole different thing. Yeah, because there's like the comorbidities and underlying conditions things now, um, which I would say – a lot of people qualify, especially if you're overweight, you automatically qualify, which, yay. Um, but, <laughs> but that means like a lot of the city qualifies now. And it's just a matter of getting the vaccines as opposed to being eligible for the vaccines. So we're talking four months from now. There could be, you know, sig there will be significantly more vaccinations, but there will also be, we'll probably be in another phase by then. So it's, it's yeah. exciting to see. It's very exciting yeah. to see. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, one thing is important to talk about when we discuss the vaccines is that 
just because you get the vaccine, that does not mean you cannot no. get no. COVID. Yeah. Like, this is, with every vaccine, nothing is 100% certain. So there will still be cases, and I hate people seeing this on social media and freaking out, like, this person right. got the vaccine and then died of COVID. Like, yes, that's how medicine works. And it's also very, those articles have been very clickbaity, or at least the headlines totally. have been clickbaity, yes. because the point of the vaccine is the same as the flu vaccine, that you're you know, you'll probably still get it at some point in your life, but it's meant to lessen the symptoms. So most of the people, or the, there was like an article, I think, on CBS the other day. There was like four people who have gotten both doses of the vaccine have been, have tested positive for COVID and they've all been asymptomatic or very mild symptoms yeah. so far. So, yeah. I mean, it's doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing. <laughs> Yeah, and hopefully that means really what it's supposed to be doing is getting our butts back in seats mm. uh, at theaters, which hopefully, again, currently Broadway is closed through May, the end of May, and are, as of now, available to start performances on June 1st. That ain't happening. But uh, does that mean maybe September it'll start, or are we looking at another full calendar year until 2022 when we're able to see shows? That's still up in the air and to be determined. Um, but these are obviously good, strong steps in the right direction. All right, Ashley, let's take a second and break and discuss our sponsor for this week, BetterHelp. What's great about BetterHelp is, is that in times when we are discussing vaccines and illnesses and now horrible uh, weather situations going on across the country where oh people my are God, being... Oh, I know. Yeah. Dealing with things where they don't have heat when it is negative degrees outside, don't have power. This is a time when you need somebody that you are able to talk to and work through some of the issues that you are dealing with, both personally, emotionally, and in terms of your mental health. With BetterHelp, you can send a message to your counselor at any time. You will get a quick, thoughtful response, and you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions to talk to your licensed therapist. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if you ever need to, if you aren't just jiving with the person that you're originally mm -hmm. matched with. Yeah, easy and free, very important. And to, you know, piggyback off of that, more affordable than those traditional offline counseling, uh, you know, therapists, psychiatrists, whatever. And if you need it, you know, times is hard. Financial aid is available. Times These is hard. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you very much. <laughs> Had to throw a Sondheim reference <laughs> into course. a better help advertisement or it wouldn't be me. Uh, <laughs> the service is available for clients worldwide. So no matter where you are in the globe, on the globe, around the globe, you can access better help services. There is a broad range of expertise available, which if you live in rural areas or even suburban areas yeah. or even in cities right now, because everyone needs to go to therapy and is hopefully going to therapy. So sessions, you know, may be limited, but the broad range of expertise that's available that may not be available in many areas. There are licensed professional counselors who are specialized in everything from depression to self-esteem issues, LGBTQ plus matters, grief, sleeping problems, trauma, you name it. And anything you share is confidential. I know that's a very big thing. Mm -hmm. You know, when you go in and talk to a therapist, you want to make sure they're not spurting it around town. Convenient, professional, and affordable, that is better help. 
I want you to start living a happier life today. So as a listener, you will get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash Broadway Radio. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Broadway Radio. All right, Ashley, let's get back in the news by talking about a ton of streaming theater stuff. Let's start with the first virtual reading from the Manhattan Theater Club's Curtain Call series. The show will be Richard Wesley's The Past is the Past, which was originally produced by MTC in the 1974-75 season. The reading will be directed by Oz Scott and will star Emmy nominee Javon Adepo and two-time, two-time Emmy winner, Ron Cephas <laughs> Jones. The streaming on-demand event will be available beginning tomorrow, February 18th through February 28th. Future readings in the series will be Three Days of Rain, Neat, Beauty of the Father, and many more to be announced. I love me some Ron Cephas Jones. Oh, He's so, so good at everything he does. Should um, be in more things. Yes, and unfortunately, he has been uh, a lot in recent years. Like he's been getting a lot more work ever since uh, Mr. Robot. Like that's kind of where he had kind of like oh. a, a moment. He went from that. He got spoiler alert yeah. killed off, killed off in Mr. Robot, and then he went oh, into damn. This Is Us as a regular guest. I was thinking more of This Is Us because I've seen some of Mr. Robot, but not all of it. Um, so my immediate thought is This Is Us, which yeah. is not is not my show. <laughs> but oh, no, I good, no, good for watched. him getting good for him getting more work because he should. Yeah, absolutely. Next up, speaking of Cephas Joneses, uh, at least tangentially, Hamilton has announced details for their next hashtag Ham for Progress event which will stream on Saturday, February 21st at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. The event will celebrate Black History Month and will be entitled The Joy in Our Voices. Former Chicago Aaron Burr, Emmy winner, and Masked Singer champion Wayne Brady will host. And the event... <laughs> oh, I had... You got your Sondheim reference I was going to say, I got my Sondheim reference and you managed to work in the Masked Singer, whatever, cinematic go. universe. Yes, the, the, the Masked Cinematic Universe. I'm going to copyright that. Um, the event will feature special appearances from Lin-Manuel Miranda, Gail King, Amanda Gorman, and Senator Raphael Warnock. A number of current Hamilton cast members will also be involved in the evening. The event will be available on the Hamilton Facebook and YouTube pages. Next up, Ashley, a concert, a virtual concert of a new musical called Cursed was announced this week. The show, quote, turns the classic Beauty and the Beast on its head to tell the story of Gabriel, a struggling writer who embarks on the quest for his great novel, and in the process finds an unexpected beauty, a surprising beast, an unlikely Prince Charming, and a struggling father just trying to do the best he can with what he's got. The concert will feature, sticking with the Hamilton train, former Hamilton cast member Donald Webber Jr., Bonnie Milligan, Asmaret Gibber-Michelle, Tom Allen Robbins, Devin Elaw, and Alex Weiss. The concert date is still TBD, but it will be in support of BCEFA and will be available on Broadway Cares' YouTube channel and website. We will let you know when that concert is actually scheduled. Two more real quick things, uh, Ashley. 
The first one is the Barishnikov Art Center and Cherry Orchard Festival Foundation will be co-presenting an interactive new media experiment drawing from the original text of Anton Chekhov's The Cherry Orchard, scenes from the play, and recordings of his letters and dreams. In this uh, mm. experiment, the uh, I don't know how they had recordings of his dreams. That seems like a new technology that wouldn't have been available mm, while he was alive. Cool, right? Yeah. But anyway... This online event uh, supposes to be able to access Chekhov's desktop computer, where viewers discover six of his classic characters living in a virtual space searching for happiness. The Chekhov Orchard colon, a new media workshop, will feature performances from Jessica Hecht, Anna Barishnikov, uh, Melanie Moore, Mikhail Barishnikov, and more. The workshop will be available beginning on Friday, February 26th. And finally, the studios of Key West announced an extension of their virtual play Smithtown, which I recently discussed with Ann Harada. The show was originally, or the show was originally scheduled to be available on demand through February 27th, but will now be online through March 13th. In addition to Harada, the show stars Michael Yuri, Constance Schulman, and Colby Lewis. We will have more information for all of these things in the show notes and on broadwayradio.com. All right, Ashley, let's close up with a few feel-good recommendations, and they have a little bit of a uh, Bonnie and Clyde theme here. The first one has a little bit of a uh, Clyde flair, as Jeremy Jordan will be starring in this Saturday's new Hallmark Channel movie, Mix-Up in the Mediterranean, which will be available at 9 p.m. On that same day, he is releasing a new single that he did with his Mix-Up in the Mediterranean co-star, Jessica Loundis, who some of you might know from the reboot of 90210. Um, it is called Alive. They both posted a little bit of a uh, teaser of it on their social medias. You can pre-order it now, um, and it'll be available on Saturday just in time for you to watch Mix Up in the Mediterranean. My DVR is already set. Of course it is. Duh. Come on now. Duh. Um, then for the Bonnie part of our feel-good recommendations, on Sunday, Laura Osnes was the guest on the Seth Concert Series, and she was joined, actually, by her husband, Nathan Johnson. Now, some people might know Nathan Johnson's name. He's a very successful photographer in New York City, often doing a lot with uh, with theater folks, but he started out as an actor. And Ashley, do you know the story of Laura and Nathan's first kiss? I don't. Uh, okay. <laughs> am I gonna, am I, I gonna hate this? I don't know. It ties into the song they perform. So okay. they are both from Minnesota and they were understudying a production of Aladdin. And both of them obviously, you know, uh, the very whitest people to be playing Jasmine say, in Aladdin. Really, really well cast that one. Yeah. Well, this was before the Broadway version. So I don't even know if it was. I don't know. Anyway, both the lead Aladdin and uh, both the regular Aladdin and the regular Jasmine were out sick. Like, no, no. What had happened is, is they bonked heads and knocked teeth out of each other. Um, so they needed oh, both of God. the understudies to go on. Laura and Nathan had started kind of dating by then. And so their first kiss was in the show after singing A Whole New World. So for the Seth concert series on Sunday, they sang A Whole New World. It was very sweet. Um, so, <laughs> very very cute <laughs> it's a good story take your feelings a, for Laura whatever story. they might be but yeah. uh, it's a cute story and they're both very talented and uh, good to look at so there you go hey good for them good yeah I'm, I'm proud of them and happy for them yeah anyway that. that is all that we have for today thank you for listening to today on Broadway follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio oh 
and the Insta. Do the Insta, too. Um, and you can Obviously. find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMet. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, This Is Ashley. Don't forget, head over to Patreon.com slash Broadway Radio, BroadwayRadio.com slash Patreon to be a part of all of our Patreon goodness. Grace and I are going to be bringing you a special episode on Saturday in which we discuss the season finale, the season one finale of The Masked Dancer. You do not want to miss that. All right, everybody, have a wonderful hump day, and someone will be back to talk to you tomorrow.